Good evening and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, we're back at you here in the icy cold polar freeze of January. Uh, as always, I'm Illegal86 and I am joined by the lovely Nerd Bomber. Brr, it's cold out there. <laughs> and the equally lovely, maybe sometimes lovelier, Technic One. Hi, I'm totally smiling right now. Does that mean you're not smiling? That means you got me all flustered and blushing. Oh, well, that was my goal. Um, so, yeah, if you're listening to this and it's like, you know, reasonably, if it's like quick after we recorded it, that means that it's probably still really cold outside. So be careful. First of all, public service announcement. Um, no spoilers of like my actual location, but where I am, the wind chill is like deep into the negatives. And I think for you guys, it's the same sort of thing. I feel um, like this right? is one of those those systems where a lot of people throughout the United States are experiencing similar weather, at least in like the Midwest and northeastern part of the United States. We'll call it relative freeze because even Florida's like, crap, it's cold outside. This is true. I read today that in Chicago, it's colder than it is in Antarctica. That's crazy. And no one is Which, prepared for that. Like, obviously, if you're going to the Arctic, you actually have, like, all of the Arctic gear. But none of us have that. I mean, I mean, I will, I'll, I'll tell you how I prepared. Because, so, t- today, we're recording this on Wednesday. It's, to my knowledge, the coldest day for pretty much everyone across the United States this week. Everyone's getting hit with it at pretty much the same time. But the, here's how I prepared for it today. I, I messaged my boss, and I said, hey... I don't know if my car is going to start today. And he said, yeah. So we had a meeting that I just didn't go outside. I haven't gone outside the whole day yet. We had a, I had a meeting at home, uh, like a telecom sort of situation on Skype. I was wearing pajama pants during that meeting. It felt good. I'd do it again. Um, really so hoping, all, were you wearing like a suit, suit on your top? No, I mean, look, my job isn't that serious. So, like, I probably could wear pajama pants at the office and the people would be like, that's weird. But they wouldn't, like, I wouldn't get fired. But there's just some kind of freedom about working from home. And by that, I mean I was a little bit less productive today than I should have been. But it was great, and I have no regrets. How have you guys handled the weather? Uh, My place of work also closed for the day. Um, It was actually pretty okay out this morning in our area. But the, the weather men were predicting that it would be really bad around like 10 or 11 in the morning. So my place closed right away. And it was good a good thing they did because I would say I went outside around like 10.30 and snowblowed the driveway. And within probably like half an hour to 45 minutes, you really couldn't tell that I had touched it. So yeah, it started coming down pretty bad. My place of work is literally the last place to ever close ever. Like it has to be, it can't be looking bad on the weather channel. It has to look bad in the parking lot for them to consider closing. So I went to work this morning and by 10 o'clock I was instructed that everyone's going home. Now, since you got home and since you snowboarded the driveway, Nerd Bomber, have you guys been back outside or are you quarantined? Well, I mean, we have to take the dog out, but other than that, we've kind of avoided going outside if we can because it's freezing. It's like basically whiteout conditions. It's been that way most of the day. There have been like maybe an hour gap here and there where it stopped snowing as hard, but it still was kind of snowing. So for the most part, we have not gone outside. And we actually have travel bans throughout our entire, like all of the towns and cities. I think our entire county is in a state of emergency. 
and hopefully that doesn't pinpoint us on the map, but I think a lot of places are experiencing something similar. So we have a good reason to not go out there. See, it's times like this where, so I don't have a dog. Um, you guys have Charlie, the official online warriors mascot. Shout out to Charlie. Um, but if I had a dog at this point and there was a travel ban in my area and it was blowing <laughs> blizzard snow and minus temperatures, instead of taking him out, I just open the door and unclip his leash and be like, you're free. Go. And if he doesn't come back, that's his choice. But see, look, I, I have a problem, a distinct problem with that. And that's just because I'm like an anal dog owner. But they're saying that with the, the windshield factor and it being like negative 26, that I think it would take a dog a matter of like 10 minutes to perish outside if left alone or go into hypothermia. No, I, so that does well, not sound like a great plan. So don't do that, people. And don't follow his advice. I, was, I mean, to be clear, I was, I was being facetious. I probably wouldn't do that. Um, but I did hear, I, I've heard this recently too, that it's now illegal to leave your dog outside in the state that you guys live in. I don't, I don't, again, I, maybe that's narrowing it down too much. But I just heard this, that if you leave them outside for more than an hour, you can be arrested. I mean, it which makes I think sense. Is good. Under what conditions? Or is it just year round? I think it's in like the winter with excessive freezing temperatures. You're, you can't leave them outside. That sounds right. I don't, I don't know the specific. I didn't read the bill, but... Um, you know, it's one of those things where I was scrolling by it on Facebook and I was like, that's good. But I didn't really look at the specifics. Could be fake news. I'm really not acquitting myself well in this conversation. So let's move into what are you up to Wednesday? And today actually is Wednesday. Um, we'll take it over to, to Nerd Bomber first. Cause I think she's probably really excited about something. Am I right? So there. this is a big, 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 big week. So I've been, I feel like I've talked about this a lot on the podcast for, for like the last year and a half, but Kingdom Hearts 3 finally came out on the 29th, which was yesterday, and I finally get a chance to play it, and it is amazing. I think I've put about like nine and a half hours into it, and this is a game that has, like, I've been awaiting this game for 15 years easily, if not more. And they did a pretty good job. I have lots of thoughts, and I don't know if we want to talk about them now or save them for later. Um, Let's defer it for for now, because um, I think that might be a longer discussion. Okay, but I'm super excited. And um, for for now, let me just ask you. You, you said you've logged like nine and a half hours. How many times has your soul left your body out of like sheer joy? I mean, I think the entire time that I've played, and Tactic has actually been there for the majority of that time. I've probably had like the dumbest, goofiest grin on my face the entire time. Yeah, it's been easily, uh, really easy to make fun of her. Yeah, he he been to like settle down kind of thing for like the whole day. That sounds fun. Yeah, so I was super excited about that. Um, that was pretty much it. We started watching Future Man, uh, the second season released on Hulu. That was the other thing that we started watching. I, I'm not sure how I feel about yes. it right now. Like I really enjoyed the first season. But season two so far, there's just something about it. I don't know if it was just like seeing characters repeat their same behaviors over and over again after they were supposed to have quote unquote learned a lesson. But I don't know. There's something about season two that's not sticking. I don't know. It's it's harder to connect to the characters. I, f I feel they're all more distant. And a lot of times shows, they'll connect with the audience rather than within each other. And, and I know that doesn't really make sense because it sounds like you're breaking the fourth wall. But... 
sometimes I, I like I like shows where I can really connect with these characters and, and it feels more like I'm watching them in a distance. And I don't really know how to properly personify that feeling, but that's exactly what season two feels like to me. Well, I think that's why, and, and this is like explicitly breaking the fourth wall, but like from what I remember about the parts of House of Cards that I watched and really enjoyed, that was the best thing about it is like you felt like right in there because you were being directly addressed and the characters were directly relating things to you. And so I can understand that feeling of like you're watching it, but you're kind of like far away from it. I've not watched season one of Future Man. At one point, I definitely meant to, but I didn't get around to it. It's one of those shows where it's kind of... So it depends what you like. It's definitely a stupid comedy. Um, and mostly, like, it's not highbrow-level comedy. It, there's a lot of slapsticky-type stuff, and you don't really... Like, I feel like anybody could really get the humor. It's more like physical humor. Um, so it's, it's definitely interesting. It's weird. The setting's weird. The characters are really weird. Like, you have to be in the right mindset going in. Don't expect it to be, like, this serious show or even, like sarcastic humor it's very on the nose really noted might be a good way for me to spend my indoor cold hours um tactic one do you got anything else for us so i've been having a fantastic week um for those of you who don't know it is my birthday week Um, my birthday is in fact tomorrow and I, i not only have as of now, I know I have my birthday eve off, but maybe I'll get my birthday day off, which could be exciting. So that has been very exciting, what with the weather. Um, it's always nice to have a day off on your birthday. And then what else? I've been watching Kingdom Hearts, which I too am excited from, and that's just being a, a third-party viewer, because even from a cinematic perspective, it is quite entertaining. Um, but other than that, other than being trapped by the snow... I don't really think I've had much going on these past two weeks. Now, what's your... The big thing for me on my birthday is... And this is assuming that you can, like, leave your house tomorrow. What's the birthday meal? What's the what's the dream? What's the vision? I'm really glad that you asked that. So, yeah. similar to the longing that Nerd Bomber has had for uh, Kingdom Hearts, this year I've been really excited for a brisket dinner. Pot roast. Sorry, a pot roast dinner. I keep calling it a brisket. And I got one today, and I was super excited. And not only was it a full pot roast, but there was enough for dinner tomorrow, too, because we're trapped. Yeah, so the original <laughs> plan was we were, we were going to have, like, a nice Italian dinner tomorrow. We are going to get um, food out. But because we are now trapped and everything is closed, I'm assuming we're going to need to eat the leftovers. But yesterday, my place of work, actually, they let us out early because the snowstorm system actually started in a part of my area um, around, like, probably noon. So around 3.30, they let us out. But where I, like, where we live, it really, the weather hadn't hit us yet because the system is kind of shifting up and down in bands in our area. They're like, time to get a pot roast. So, yeah, (laughs) I actually, I ran to the grocery store and I was super surprised. Like, it wasn't busy at all. I think people had already stocked up. And I grabbed the last pot roast. It was like one of the ones where they've already put like the meat and potatoes and carrots in a bag for you. So all you have to do is pop it in the oven and cook it. So I was just like, you know what? This is a good $20 well spent. Don't actually have to like figure out how to make a pot roast. They've done all the work for me. And I think it ended up working out really nice because it was a nice warm meal for a really cold day. It's a good thing my birthday dinner wasn't uh, bread, milk, eggs, toast. 
Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, I was gonna say, did you pick up any bread and milk when you were at the store? You know, I did not, and I don't really understand it. Like, if but that's I'm, the thing. everybody gets that, but like, if I'm hungry and I'm at home and like my power is out, first of all, if the power goes out, I don't want milk and eggs because that's just gonna go bad. I mean, you could throw it in the snow, but it's still like, you don't want to open your fridge. And then with bread, like, oh, joy, I can eat bread. You can't even make toast if your power goes out. I'm going to redo that joke. It's a good thing I didn't want French toast for my birthday dinner. There you go. That's that's all three of those ingredients. There it is. There it is. But, like, I don't know. I I, got what I think is, like, normal stuff, like cereal, lunch food, dinner food. I think it's more like, I don't think people buy bread and milk because they're like, we can eat this if the power goes out. I think they're more like, my milk is perishable. And I might not be able to go to the store for the next few days when I would usually go. I mean, to be clear, I don't get it either. I've never once, I've gone to the store to stock up on things before, before a storm, but I've never been like, all right, first stop, get the milk. Like, that's just not. But then again, you did, you did mention cereal. And if I, I don't eat cereal without milk, that just, that's just not who I am. So I wonder if what I was going to say is that the, we don't really drink cow's milk because we're kind of lactose intolerant so we've moved over into like the almond milk and lately because it's just more convenient we've been buying like the little individual almond milks that come in like um the tetra pack so you don't even need to refrigerate it it's just like somehow preserved in there so we usually have we're pretty well stocked up on little tetra packs of milk i think it should be more bread peanut butter and jelly agreed so you're like you're beyond this whole milk storm craze. You walk into the store, you see people going for the cow's milk, and you're like, what a bunch of cow's milk fools. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Basically, yeah. And I'm surprised you guys are awake right now after eating. Once I eat a pot roast, man, forget it. I'm down for the count. Put on a episode of anything. doesn't really matter. But I guess you didn't eat the whole thing. We've been – so Kate and I have been doing uh, – it's my girlfriend. Does it? I just realized. I think I just I just outed my girlfriend's name on the podcast. Big whoop. Um, we've been doing slow cooker, where like you take a crock pot and you just throw a big hunk of I think he said brisket. Just throw a big hunk of brisket in there with some vegetables, and just go away. And it just does everything for you. It's incredible. The crock pot is definitely a magical thing. But the crock pots ever since. So I was like really big into the crock pot, but ever since we watched This Is Us. I was just going to say that. I like completely, not that we stopped using it, but I feel like I need to be home and I need to be attentive. Like I need to be like facing the kitchen at all times just in case flames spurt up. So which you're is saying, because but... I, I don't even watch the show, but I know that, I think, is it Jack? Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Spoiler. That's how Jack, he does. Yeah, spoilers. Turn your volume down. Uh, if Well, they wouldn't know when to turn the volume back up in that instance, but turn your volume down. So Jack dies because it's it's an instant cooker, right? Is there a difference between an instant cooker and a crock pot, though? Because I think like falls, he falls inside of the crock pot and it's and slowly gets cooked, like really slow, <laughs> like over like like couple hours. And that's just the whole episode. That episode is just watching him get slowly cooked by a crock pot. And then right before he dies, he just shrugs and goes, "This is us." Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Man, would I love for that to. That's how they should end every episode of that show, is just someone just looks at the camera, shrugs, and goes, this is us. Uh, you heard it here first, NBC. Feel free to steal that idea, but put our name in the credits. Um, 
Crockpots are amazing, though. I, like, if I die in a fire from a crockpot at this point, I'd be like, it was worth it. Crockpot gave me a lot of great meals. Like, I make dip in the crockpot. I made so many things in the crockpot. It's almost have never done. Have you made hot cocoa in a crockpot? I'm, I have not, but my mom did. And actually, I'm going to totally f- f- reverse it here. That was not good. So I, I think she might she did it wrong though. She like didn't use condensed milk or something, and things got all messed up. I made a hot cocoa in a crock pot, and everyone was going, "Oh wow, this is the best hot chocolate crock pot I've ever had!" But 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 but, what's your secret? And I said, "Well, I got this Swiss Miss powder here and some hot water." <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> wow. Had everybody fooled. Now, incidentally, and I know we're dragging a little bit here. I'm going to talk about my life in a minute, but. Hot, let's talk about hot chocolate for a second, okay? Because you just you just outed yourself in a way that, oh, no, you just said you're lactose intolerant. That's right. Because when I'm a huge, when I make hot chocolate, it's got to be with milk. If it's with water, I'm like, send it back. But I'm, I'm not going to, no, no one's going to relate to me in this crowd because you guys are, I'm sure, hot chocolate with water people because that just makes sense. I mean, my mom always made it that way. The only time where I really, like, noticed that hot chocolate was made with milk is, like, if you would go out and you would get hot chocolate from somewhere, and then it would be, like, creamier, and it'd be like, oh, this is really good. I wonder what the difference is. And then everyone would be like, well, it's made with milk. And I'd be like, oh, mind-blowing. See, but I didn't mix mine with milk because I was mixing it with alcohol. That's that's true, yeah. <laughs> that would Now, be okay, well, then now let's talk about that for a second. What alcohol do you put in hot chocolate? I don't put it in the crock pot. It's after the glass is made. I put in a, a shot of peppermint schnapps, and it's wonderful. It's the most seasonal oh, thing. Good. Oh, my gosh. That sounds good. It's so good. But you have to be careful because schnapps can be really overpowering, so you have to put, like, the tiniest itty-bitty bit in. Otherwise, it's just... still so good. Well, we're going to cut this episode short because I'm going to go make that right now. Uh, just kidding. I might do it tomorrow if somehow I don't have work, but I will. I'll do it on the weekend, and I'll I'll drop a tweet on the Online Warriors account saying how it was. We should really start tweeting on that account. We really should. Um, and we'll talk about our social media outreach at the end when we, when we talk about our uh, movie league update, because I want to get the update on that. But first, my life recently. So two major things I want to mention. Um, one, I watched uh, The Favorite this past weekend. And for those of you that don't know, that is a movie that has been nominated for 10 Oscars. I believe tied for the most with something else. I can't remember. Um, and well, I, I guess I'll, I'll kind of put a pin in that because we're going to talk about the Oscar nominations, but I watched <laughs> it and it was an experience. And then the other thing I've been watching is True Detective season three, which if you haven't watched True Detective, uh, I will probably be the millionth person to tell you that you should watch season one, but never ever watch season two because season one is really good and season two is really bad. So far, I'm four episodes into season three and it seems like it's really good again. So if you weren't sure and you were scared, um, this is me, some punk on the internet, telling you that it's safe. You can go back to True Detective. Um, Other than that, kind of just like you guys been trying to survive the weather. and all that stuff. Uh, so let's let's transition into some news. Um, I'm gonna start talk- with something real quick. 
Cause, yeah, so, I was just going to bring this up because you just said let's talk about this, but yeah, go on. We, So I was on the internet. I was actually looking at the um, town alerts because they were saying that they're going to issue work passes for tomorrow if the driving ban is still in effect. And I came across a news story basically saying that um, Warner Brothers announced that the new Batman movie is set to release on June 25th, 2021. And I feel like this is the biggest news um, it's going to focus on a younger Batman, which means Ben Affleck will be departing from the DC movie universe. But it's uncast yet? They didn't mention... It has yet to be cast. Yes. So they're looking for a young, attractive male? You might be in for this. Sounds like me. You should start bulking up. Not that you're already not already bulked, but you should bulk up. Now, first of all... Scrape the crud out of your ears here. This is probably the hottest drop that we've had on this podcast. This is like extremely fresh off the presses. I Google this and I'm seeing like, this is like less than an hour ago this happened. 53 so, minutes ago from my news, news source. So. We are on the, the bleeding edge of pop culture right now. First of all, that feels good. Second of all, this is not that big of a surprise. No, <laughs> is, is my immediate reaction. If you're Ben Affleck, and granted, I don't think Ben Affleck is like the smartest guy in the room. Sorry, Ben. But like, if you're him, you got to be thinking after Justice League, like, man, how how can I get out of this? I'm wondering if they're they're making this move based on the hype that Teen Titans has received. Just having like a younger a younger cast. Younger yeah. cast. It did well. But, but I mean, that, you know. That is true. But look at Aquaman. I mean, Jason Momoa is not that young, and that movie is killing it at the box office. Didn't it surpass like a billion? Yes. It really is killing it. If you even if you don't think it was really good, like it is still racking in the money. Now, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I should say, and you and you made this kind of made this point just now. It might not have been Ben Affleck being like, "I want out." It might have been. Warner Brothers being like, hey man, you're you're not hot enough right now. Get out. I mean, it could I really be that, that, but like, but... you guys saw that that video and just the expression on his face. He just looked dead inside when he was talking. One of about my favorite videos movies. on the internet is it's so good. Um, his tweet about this is really funny, actually. Ben Affleck tweeted about it, six forty three p.m. Again, very very recently. Excited for hashtag the Batman in summer twenty one and just. Summer 2021, and to see Matt Reeves' vision come to life. Does not mention anywhere in his tweet that he's out. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, this looks cool, but I'm not going to be in it. Um, let's talk Dreamcast. Nicholas Who's Cage. the next Batman? No. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, but I mean, but, but let's indulge that for a second because. I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm totally oh, no, kidding. No, no, but, but well, hold on now. Because. As of right now, well, I'm a bad example because I'm going to see the Batman probably no matter what. But, like, I imagine there is a huge chunk of the population where if you said Nick Cage is the next Batman, that would put so many asses in the seats. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. If you see, oh, the next Batman is, like, I don't know, Hugh Jackman. That's not a good example because he's already been in a bunch of superhero stuff, but hear me out. If you say it's Hugh Jackman, people are going to be like, big whoop. If you say it's Nicolas Cage, people are going to be like, oh, man, I got to see this. Because he's crazy. I mean, right? 
I, I think I know who it should be. And I'm trying to trying to figure out what else he's in. Um, Robbie Amil is the actor's name. Um, so he is actually, this would actually be really interesting because he is already somewhat connected to the DC Universe through their CW network of shows. Um, he played Firestorm, the original one. Yes, that's what he was Um, he is also, I believe, the cousin to Stephen Amell, who plays Green Arrow. Um, I think he would be a decent candidate. I agree with that. That'd be my vote. I mean, looking at his picture, like, he's a very, he's a very Bruce Wayne-looking guy. Right. I could definitely see that. I, I literally Google searched young male actors and picked the most Bruce Wayne looking Wayne. And Robbie Mill is my casted vote. I mean, I still feel like you guys aren't taking the Nicolas Cage thing as seriously as you have to, but we we can we can engage in the young, hot actors thing for right now. Um, what I think would be interesting, and I feel like it would get a lot of backlash, would be Michael B. Jordan. Think about what he brought to Creed. He's a very like dramatic actor. Think about what he brought Black to Black Panther. It would be a very interesting take. Like it would be a very different take on Bruce Wayne than we've seen before. But I think it would be really interesting. Uh, let me let me take that. I think Michael B. Jordan would be fantastic in the Batman franchise, but not as Batman. I think he would be wonderful as Batman Beyond. Okay, I could see that. I I too have just googled young male actors. Who are the okay? People ask who are the hottest male actors. Oh, this is no good. Zac Efron. No, just kidding. I feel he like Zac Efron. I I can't see him. His the look isn't right for him to be to be Batman. Yeah. I, I'll tell you what. Let's let's put this out in the Twitter sphere. If you think you know who the next Batman should be, drop us a tweet. Tell us who it should be. I have no idea. I mean, I think it should be Nicolas Cage, but no one's listening to me. So drop a tweet. Tell me why it shouldn't be Nicolas Cage. I have not been able to take Nicolas Cage seriously in a very long time, and I can't tell you when that started. I want to say sometime around, like, Ghost Rider. But, ugh. I'm just saying, I, I, I mean, okay, let me be clear. Do I think it's an actually good idea for like a viable franchise? No. No. But I think that if Justice League wanted to, or if, sorry, if the DC Universe wanted to be like, let's take a, a very commercially successful turn. I like, I honest, I truly and honestly believe that if they cast Nicolas Cage as Batman, people will be like, I have to see what this is about. But then obviously after that, after one movie, no, it wouldn't make any sense. If anything, what they should do have Nicolas Cage be Batman in one movie, have him die, and then have some Robbie Amell-looking guy take up the role. But that's never going to happen. What about uh, what about Nat Wolf? No, he's no. He, that, no. I take it back immediately. I feel like that's Batman not... has to be somewhat buff, and I know and that very clean cut too. I would say. Yeah, and the problem with that is like because. Batman, sure, he relies on a lot of his technology to help him, but he still does a lot of, like, hand-to-hand combat, and there's just no way a scrawny guy is going to be able to do hand-to-hand combat like that. Like, it would make sense if he was Iron Man, because he's got the suit power behind him, but Batman really doesn't. Like, it's more just armor. It doesn't supplement his strength that much. Christian Bale, in the, the, before Batman Begins, he put on, like, 60 pounds of muscle or something. 
Mm-hmm. After like he lost, he had lost a bunch for a different. That guy's just putting on weight and losing it like all the time. He's one of those guys. Um, but yeah, I remember in the first Batman Begins, like he is absolutely ripped. Um, I changed my Google search to buff male actors. It's it's not working. But consider this, Nicholas Holt. Maybe. I think that could be. I think if he put on a, a little bit of weight I again, think that's that's the other thing. Like he's kind of scrawny. He needs to put on a lot of weight. All right, because I feel like I'm on fire with this. I've got a Robin too that I think would be awesome. Jesse Eisenberg. Just kidding. Who, who do you really have? No, Josh from Future Man. Oh, uh, oh Josh Hutcherson. Yes. Maybe. He would have to be. He would have to be Dick Grayson. Would be my opinion because he has I, the potential I, to grow into something good but he's still young and naive i can definitely see that i'm on fire guys this is this is this is my this is my zone my is, one last life. interesting take and again like i'm coming out of left field with these takes so like if dc wants to go in the lighter the lighter path like which Marvel, i think they should first of all Consider Skylar Aston. Oh, that would be interesting. Right? For Batman? Yeah, if they were going to go like a more comical route, he could he could pull off the clean cut look. He's he I feel like he could bulk up enough. I can get behind that one. I can get behind that one. And he would bring enough levity if they really do want to go in that direction. I actually still actually here let me let me rewind. My original vote for Batman, him for Dick Grayson. And then Josh Hutchinson, Hutchin, Josh, Josh, <laughs> as um, Jason as Todd, Batman? because then he can oh. try. They can really embrace the uh, quote badass role. See, I, I will say that I got excited at the end of Dark Knight Rises. Spoiler alert: when when they make it seem like. Joseph Gordon Levitt's gonna be Ooh, the next that's a really Batman. good one. Ooh. I, I was like, that would be so cool. Like, and they would never do it now because there's probably like a whole ton of red tape around that. But like, that would be interesting because he could definitely make it light. I don't know if he's got the build for it, but he could definitely make it light in the a similar way to what Skylar Aston could do. Um, so many possibilities, folks. We really got to see them both. We, yeah, I, we're probably not gonna hear about this for a while, but. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Who would make the best Batman? Um, it might be someone we haven't mentioned. In fact, it very likely is someone we haven't mentioned. There's a lot of actors out there. But uh, goodbye, Ben Affleck, I guess. Go back to whatever else he's doing. What else is what is he doing? Anything else is he done now? Is that it? Ghost Rider 5. First of all, I believe Ghost Rider is only, there's only been two. And second of all, that's Nicolas Cage's project. You can't rip him off of that. I know. Didn't he walk away from acting for a little bit? Because I think, didn't he go back to rehab or something? I'm not really sure. Yeah, Ben Affleck definitely went to rehab at some Because I think Jennifer Garner, like, divorced him and was like, this dude's got issues. And he was like, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, hope he's all right. Shout out to Ben Affleck. Uh, you are no longer Batman. Um... Let's let's jump away from movies for a second to um, sports, as as you all likely know, uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. It's in a few days. Um, 
just want to touch base on this. Not anything really substantial to talk about. More just want to get your guys' thoughts and feelings. Who do you want to win? Who do you think will win? Is there any commercial you're in particular excited for? So I'm most disappointed about the people that made it to the Super Bowl versus my predictions. I really thought it was going to be New Orleans versus the uh, Chiefs. Yeah, yeah Kansas versus City. Kansas City. And totally 100% wrong. The fact that it's Rams-Patriots just totally threw me off guard. That's my first thing. Second thing is I can get behind the Rams. The fact that it's Patriots, they were not slated to be in the Super Bowl based on how they performed this season. And somehow they managed to pull it out of their behinds, which, granted, good for them. But there were some crazy calls that happened in, in really all of the, all, four, all both of these uh, AFC Championship games and, and NFC Championship games. So... Total shocker. Really want to get the refs out of the game and make it more an automated system. That's one thing I want to say because, yes, there were some tough calls, but it happened in both games is what it is. Um, <laughs> and really, at the end of the day, a lot of us are Rams fans because Patriots fans are pretty much solely located in uh, Boston area. The rest at of the this United point, States, yes. Yeah. It's just sick of seeing them make it, but I'm excited for a good game. Me, personally... Who- <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Who's who's your money on, Frank? You're, if you're a betting man, I bet I bet Rams on this. Okay, nerd bomber. So, again, like I was very disappointed about the outcome of the championship games. I I pretty much like I wasn't so upset about the the Rams, but I thought Kansas City really deserved to win that game, especially with the comeback. And I think it's just crazy at this point that one touchdown can end overtime without the other team ever getting a chance to touch the ball from their from the offensive perspective. I think that's insane that that game was decided without Mahomes touching the ball at all in overtime. Um, I think that's something that the league probably should look at. There's got to be some way to fix it, like maybe just make a set time and like you just play through that set time. A coin toss should really not be the determination of the game, in my opinion. Or a set number of so, downs. Like, you get you get possession, you get possession. Right. It is... It, so, obviously, I, we've... And, and that's something we could talk oh, for a lot longer about, to those two things. Both the refs, which, yeah, I think the Rams-Saints game was particularly egregious. Uh, specifically, the pass interference call. You guys, if you know what I'm talking about, you know exactly what play I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, that's one thing um, that, obviously, is not okay. Like, to me... <laughs> It's, it's a tough thing because it's for me it's hard to blame the refs wholly for that because well for that maybe it, I, it's easy to blame them but there's there's other calls that like yeah you might be upset that the, the refs didn't make it or did make it but refereeing a game in real time is so hard right. I have to imagine and there's but, so and many, like there's so many camera angles why do they even need refs on the field right so what what and I think you you agree with me like what what should happen is there should be like five or six just Dean Blandino guys in New York who have all the camera angles, who have everything, who, you know, have a little bit more time, like, you know, between that play and the next play being run to be like, to have the refs on an earpiece and just say, all right, wait, hold on, throw a flag or like, wait a second, that penalty is not, you should have called that. Like it would be as easy as that to return some semblance of integrity to the game. Um, even if you added challengeable penalties, 
um, would be a step towards that. And yes, like I think one of the predominant arguments against that is uh, it would slow the game down, which I know everyone's concerned about, especially these days. But like to me, it's worth it to again like restore some sort of purity to the game. Um, but I don't know. People are split on that, and people are split on the overtime thing too. Like the overtime thing is a whole different deal. Where at first I was kind of like you, Narbonne, where I was like I was outraged in the sense of like Pat Mahomes is the he's like the pejorative MB, MVP candidate. He like didn't get touched the ball in overtime. That means the system is broken. But if you actually look at the statistics of it and you look at all the overtime games that have been played with the sudden death rules and you look at the percentage of teams that have won on the first possession with the touchdown so the other team doesn't get to touch the ball, it's rel- it's lower than you think it would be. Really? And it's, yeah, and it's, I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. There was like a whole Reddit thread about it that I read that was very fascinating. But it's tricky because in a game like the Patriots and the Chiefs, it obviously feels a lot dirtier that way because the defenses aren't exactly front and center. So, you know, you could make the argument of, oh, well, the Patriots still deserve to win because the Chiefs defense couldn't stop them. Well, I mean, if the Chiefs had gotten the ball first, I'm not sure the Patriots defense could have stopped them either. Um, so when you get into overtime, your defense, is, it seems like, is much more easily indicted. Um, I agree that something has to change. I don't know what the best way to do it is. Um, you could go to, like, I think college does it where – each team just trades possessions until until one team does worse yeah. than the other, um, which to me, you know, it seems immediately better. But there's pushback against that. There's pushback against any change you can imagine. Why would there be pushback against that? The players wonder... are going to have to play longer? Well, yeah, they make millions and millions of dollars. Think... Okay, picture this. You're the first team to get the ball in, that, in, in this whole we trade possession situation. You're the first team to get the ball. Um, you drive down and you get to like the 40 yard line of the other team and you screw up on third down. Now you could punt the ball and pin them deep or you could go for it. And this, and that's a decision that you have to make. Yeah, that's fine. Whereas, so, so, so basically the team that drives down first only feels like they get three downs to do something. Whereas if let's say they drive right down and score a touchdown, then the team that gets the ball back knows, okay, we got to go for it every fourth down or else we're going to lose. So in a sense, that gives them some competitive advantage. So it's a very tricky thing, actually. Um, but it sounds like the, the competitive answer. advantage is no different than it is today, right? Uh, I think it's, I feel it's like different in quality, but I don't know if it's better. If you just tacked on, like, not a full quarter length of time, but if you tacked on, like, 10 minutes, 10 minute extra playing time. That way it tests like clock management for both teams. It tests both offense and defense, unless you can somehow run the clock for the full 10 minutes of the the extra time. Like both teams are going to have a fair shot at it. They're both going to have enough time where each team can get multiple drives. You're going to have to make smart decisions the entire time. Oh my God, you have to play an extra probably five minutes if you're a player. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say this. I think changes are coming. I don't. I don't know if the change is going to be. I think it's more likely that we'll see reviewable penalties. I don't know if the overtime rules are going to change anytime soon. I do think that something will change. The NFL is facing huge blowback, especially for the Rams Saints call. Um, 
from from most sides, if not all sides. Um, so I think it's more likely they do something about that. Um, either way, it was it was interesting to say the least. Um, Nerd bomber, who's your money on? So I want the Rams to win, but I feel like somehow the Patriots always make me angry and eat my words. So I feel like they're actually going to win somehow. And I thought maybe that would be positive because Brady would finally retire, but I've already heard comments from him saying that he won't, even if they yeah. do win. So I don't know. I really want the Rams to win. He's saying that he's going to try and go at least until he's 45. And the rest of the NFL is like, dude, just just retire, man. Like, let it go. Like, um, I hope something minor happens, like he chips a pinky nail and somehow that puts him out of commission and he has to retire. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to ever wish harm on someone, but, like, if he loses a nail, I feel like it can't be comfortable to throw a football. <laughs> you heard it here first, Tom. Take care of your, take good care of your nails. I, I think I'm in the same boat as you, where I very much want the Rams to win, but, like, even watching that AFC Championship game, you know, even when the Chiefs were up, which I'm not even sure if they were ever up, but, like, there was no point during that game where I wasn't, like, the Patriots are going to win because I knew like we've seen it so many times from them that you, it has to be so exciting to be a fan of them. I, I must say that because you can never count them out. You can absolutely never count them out because Tom Brady gets the ball back with two minutes left and you're like, he's going to score a touchdown. That's just what he does. So then we're going to overtime and then, Oh yeah, they won the coin toss. They're going to win. And that's what they did. Um, incidentally, speaking of winning, um, do you guys want to tell the listeners who, came in second place in the uh, the Daily Fantasy League this year. That would be you. That would be me. So to be clear, I did not come in first. Uh, we don't talk about the guy who came in first because we hate him. Well, I hate him. I, you guys probably like him just fine. I did? Um, what? I, <laughs> I, I hate him because he's so, so good at it. The guy who came in first beat me by like 100 points. It wasn't even close. Uh, shout out to Lunch Money. That's his name. Not a fan. Not a fan. Um, he just, he made some crazy predictions. Like he would pick some kind, not no-name players, but he'd pick players that you're like, okay, good luck with that. And then they would do really well. And you'd be like, oh, okay. Well, I picture it like the Back to the Future. Remember Back to the Future where that guy has the sports almanac and he gets really rich because he goes back in time and knows all the sports? Yep. That's him. That's this guy. Um, looking forward to playing with him again next year and all of you. Um, before we move on, wrap up, wrapping up the Super Bowl discussion, have you heard any, anything? Usually by now you hear about commercials. Like there's like little commercial teasers now for the Super Bowl ads because they're like these multi-million dollar things. Um, I have not heard much myself. Have you guys heard anything about any big ones? All I know is I pretty much live for the puppy Budweiser horse relationship. It's kind of my my jam right there. Yeah, right, I because that's ongoing, right? I yeah. haven't heard anything else though. Like, I think they did release something about a puppy commercial, yeah. but like that's the only thing I've heard. That's which is unusual now that you bring it up. I didn't even think about that. I've heard that. So I've heard two things. Uh, one, there's going to be some kind of big Lebowski related commercial. Like Jeff Bridges is in some commercial and he's reprising his character, which like for me. Big who cares? That movie's okay, but like that movie's a cult like classic. Thing. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get why it's good. I just, it's not for me. But the bigger thing that I have heard, and I have multiple sources on this that seem to say that it's actually going to happen. When the creator of SpongeBob died, first of all, I think we talked about this on a past episode, RIP, great guy. Um, There's a petition that got started on change.org that was like, they should do the Bubble Bowl song at the Super Bowl. The Sweet Sweet Victory song. Oh man, yes. Now, I so Maroon 5 is playing the Super Bowl this year. I've heard multiple things uh, from a variety of sources saying that they're actually going to do it. What? Which, like, I would have no word. It would blow me away. I'd be amazed. I would love them forever. Like, right now, I think Brune 5 is just okay. I think they used to be really good, but then they sold out. But if they did this... Because it's, it's, it's like, there's a few things. Like, if you look at... I, I read this whole thing on Reddit about this girl who was, like, one of the dancers, and she said... She came into the stadium one day and they were playing it on the Jumbotron. And then later on, she found out that they were doing it. And she was like telling. She probably got in big trouble for that. That might not be real. I don't know. Okay, but so you... not to Sorry, cut you off, I, I did a little bit of researching. Again, we must be like hot today with news stories. But ET Canada literally just confirmed an hour ago that SpongeBob will make a cameo at the Maroon 5 Super Bowl halftime show performance. So like it's confirmed. Yeah. Was it like... Okay, good. So that means my sources weren't totally bunk. Because, like, I know the change.org petition, first of all, got, like, over a million signatures. So, like, this had a lot of juice behind it. And second of all, if you look at when Maroon 5 on Twitter, when they announced their that they were doing the Super Bowl halftime show, they posted this video. And at one point, you, you have to watch the video to understand, but at one point, SpongeBob is in it for, like, a second. And people were like, oh, my God, they're doing the thing. And so, yeah, I guess they're going to do the thing, which, like... That is crazy to me. So I'm cool. So excited. Like, like that yeah, was an iconic I, I, moment for whatever reason in my childhood. Like for when that episode aired and that song played, I was just like, "Oh my god, yes!" It's it's one of the better moments of that show, and not like I, I I can't even believe that we're sitting here talking about Maroon Five, seeming like they're gonna do it. Like, ah, oh, it's going to be a great moment. I, I I can't remember the last time I was this excited for a halftime show. Um. Anyways, Super Bowl, February 3rd. Watch it or don't. It's up to you, but I will be watching it. Um, let's, let's, let's roll on here and let's talk about, let's bring it back to Kingdom Hearts because I feel like you, you got a little, a little chopped off on that one. I'm so excited. You can't uh, even see me right now, but I'm sitting here like waving my hands and being super pumped. The word would be I giddy. can hear the smile. She's giddy. I can hear the smile in your voice. I can hear the giddiness. What, what's what's happened? Un, unravel yourself. All right. So first impressions. Um, so I actually picked up the game. GameStop, I had a pre-order there um, because they had a, a fabric poster they were giving out with every pre-order. And I'm a nerd and I wanted it. Um, so I went there. They started giving it out at 9 o'clock on Monday night. And so I installed it and played it a little bit on Tuesday. 
And one of the first things, and one of the things that's kind of tired, in my opinion, is that Kingdom Hearts has a convoluted storyline. And, like, we get it. All of us Kingdom Hearts fans, we know the story is confusing. There's, like, 15 mobile games and handheld games that aren't mainline consoles. We get it. But um, one of the things that I did before I even, like, jumped into playing was, first of all, obviously watch the opening trailer, which was really good. Um... The opening scene in all, every Kingdom Hearts game has a theme song by um, Yutada Hikaru. She does the same theme, or not the same theme song, but she creates a theme song for each main game. And a lot of people were upset this year because it was uh, a collaboration with Skrillex, so it had more of like a... Yeah, it was more of like a house <laughs> That's the best vibe. Skrillex impression I've ever heard. And... A lot of people were upset about that, but I actually felt like it fit somehow, and maybe that's just because I listen to that kind of music now when I play Rocket League, so I, like, kind of appreciate it, but, like, it was pretty good, and the opening graphics were amazing, and then they went into a little bit of um, a recap, where the opening credits had a recap of basically all of the events that happened over the entire span of the series, and it didn't have a voiceover, and it was actually kind of confusing. But luckily, they also had, like, a, a prequel thing that you could watch that laid out what happened in all of the previous games. Very, like, cursory. I think each video was maybe, like, a minute or two. Um, but I feel like they did a pretty decent job explaining things. And throughout the game, as you play and characters are introduced, I feel like they also, like, re-explain things that happened. Um, I still I mean, advise point, watching the YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. so. at, at this point, the story is like 20 plus years running isn't it when did the first kingdom hearts come out 2002 yeah 17 years ago so yeah i mean there's a lot to catch up on i can imagine that would be daunting there i mean um, there are some really good youtube videos that outline it um in like half an hour or so you don't get all the details but you get enough where you know what's going on um and then man, jumping into the game one of the things like, I was super pumped to play, and I was really excited and happy the whole time. And because it's been so long since I played, I I guess I forgot how cheesy some of the dialogue could be. And it took me a little bit to be like, okay, like, have to get back into this mindset that this is going to be, like, uber cheesy, friendship, love, hearts, blah, blah, blah. Because back when you were in, like, elementary and middle school, that stuff just washed over you. Right? Yeah, like, like this is how people talk. Exactly. Like it. I mean, you didn't. I mean, now I've experienced movies and games and other media that's more geared towards adults. Well, so no. It was like just a weird shift back into. Here's the difference that. between child and, and adult. When you're a kid, you believe in the power of love, and hope. When you're an adult, <laughs> when you're an adult, you're cynical as all hell. Right. But, like, the graphics are great. There's a bunch of new... Like, I haven't gotten that far into the game. I've been to three worlds so far. Um, the, the graphics are pretty good. Um, the, there's new combo attacks that they've ripped attractions out of, like, Walt Disney World. And it's, like, a powerful, like, all-in-one attack where you take out a ton of people basically riding a ride, which is super cool. And it's just, like, a very visually appealing attack. 
Um, I did notice, I feel like the combat's a little bit easier, but I don't know if, again, that's just because I'm older now and I'm more experienced with gaming. You're just so good at it, that's why. Um, but, I mean, I have You're died a couple times, so it can't be that easy because I've died. Um, and then we did have a lot of fun with the gummy ship, is your spaceship, where you travel between worlds. And I never really got into customizing my ship as a kid. Like, I pretty much just used the stock one. Um, but we spent, like, I think a good hour and a half today each building our own ship. Like, I let Tactic build one, too, because it was just fun. You basically have a clean slate and a bunch of blocks, and you put together a ship. And it's a ton of fun. Um, so what is your, right now, out of five stars, what's your experience like? Right now, I'm, like, I'm probably at, like, a five, just because I'm so happy to be playing it, too. And... I think I'm going to get even happier somehow because I just started the Toy Story world and compared to the other worlds that I've been in so far, like me and Tactic even talked about this, it's notably clear like the voice acting is better, the dialogue is better, the animation even seems smoother, which makes sense because I know Pixar contributed like the character models and stuff. And I feel like I'm going to get even happier as I get into some of the newer worlds. And that is our dog, don't mind him in the background. Now, have you? I'm I'm on the Metacritic page. To, I wanted to see what the score was. Which, by the way, the meta score right now is 88, which is very good. Um, so people are liking this. Um, and the trailer is playing silently in the background. And have okay. So what worlds have you been to? Because I'm looking at this Pirates of the Caribbean world. The graphics and, looks insane in that one. Oh my God, the Pirates of the Caribbean one looks ridiculous graphics wise. It looks so good. So right now I have been in. Um... The Hercules world, Mount Olympus, um, which that one has been in both of the other games, so it really wasn't like anything new to me. And then there's a world that's unique to Kingdom Hearts called Twilight Town, so ran through that. That one isn't really that big or expansive, really. Um, and then just get into Toy Story. So one thing that you you didn't mention that I find totally enthralling about the game is it added a lot of extra content, kind of side quest things that you can do you get a, a gummy phone which is the cell phone in that game and uh you're tasked to find like these hidden mickey emblems and um things like that but you're also like on top of that there's other type of side quests that you can do and they really let you engage the environment more with these side things as opposed to just the normal story which i thought was quite uh entertaining it really encouraged a lot of just exploration of the worlds which have gotten a lot more expansive since the other games like because of the hidden emblems that you have to try to find I actually went back through Olympus and I feel like now I've seen every nook and cranny in that Hercules world because I was looking for those Mickey ears so I'm now, having this, a lot of fun this addition that you got from GameStop was there any special bonus content with it or was it more just here's a sweet poster no which by the way I can content. see the poster here um, the, I don't really know if this game is even going to have DLC. It, it's really set up to be the conclusion of the story, so I would almost be a little disappointed if there is. Like, I know eventually you have to beat the story, and then you can download the patch with the ending video, um, but that, I think that's it. I don't think there's anything really extra to get. Gotcha. I know the deluxe edition you could get, and you it like came with Funko figures and stuff like that, but... Now, final question, and kind of, I guess not really related to the Funko figures, but more related to merchandise. 
Do you own a replica Keyblade? Somehow, I've gotten through life and I do not have one, which is weird. But, but if you got one, if, if, if it like came with it, you'd be like dancing around with it. A hundred percent. Like I would probably... I beg to differ. You would put it in, on the, in a display cabinet and not touch it and say, keep this dust free. So when I was in line at GameStop at 9 o'clock, like, they, they did a really efficient job, by the way. Shout out to my local GameStop. Um, they gave you all a number, and you had to make sure that like, everyone was prepaid ahead of time, so you just walked up and grabbed your game and left. And I was in and out in, like, 10 minutes. Um, but there were a bunch of people who had, like, life-size Keyblades, and I was really, I was, like, thinking, oh, I should buy one and, like, mount it, like, mount it on the wall. And it, it would be really nice for my office. Well, no time like the present, I guess. I know, right? Um, Kingdom Hearts 3 is newly released on PS4 and Xbox One. And is it on the Switch? I don't know. I don't do think it's on the it. Switch. Well, uh, if you have one of those two other consoles that I mentioned, check it out. Um we're in we're in the wrap up phase here. I would say, let's just do a, a brief little, well, a brief debrief on our goings on so far with the fantasy movie league. Um, so f- first of all, let's get our, our rankings update. I'm sure the people are clamoring to know, um, and I'll start by saying that I'm in last. I was I'm in last place. I'm going to be honest. I'm totally shocked by the fact that you're in last place. Um. So we've, we've done two weeks so far. Week one, I actually narrowly won that week. And once that happened, I was like, this is going to be a cakewalk. And then week two, I got absolutely obliterated by, well, both of you. I mean, Nerd Bomber beat me by quite a bit. Tactic beat me by a little bit. So right now where we all stand overall, um, Nerd Bomber on the season is at 135 million, about 135 and a half. Tectic is at 124, and I am at just about 122. So me and Tectic are battling for second. Nerd Bomber is in a distant first at this point. But we're only two weeks in. There's a lot of time. So what was your biggest... What do you think was your biggest surprise of the two weeks so far? Um, well, so for, for me... Um, they, so what they do is every week they show you what the perfect cinema would look like. Um and I remember the first week we did it, the perfect cinema had like six screens with Dragon Ball Z on it. And you guys I was like, all made fun of me. And I was like, Dragon Ball Z is going to be the shit. It's, there's some sort of statistical gamesmanship about this that I don't understand yet. Because Dragon Ball Z did, I mean, yeah, the perfect screen had like six screens worth of it. But it didn't make that much money at all. Like, I can look at it right now. To date... It's opening weekend, it made $12 million, which, to be fair, is quite a bit. But last weekend, it made $3 million. It is not really a heavy hitter. In fact, I'm not even sure if it's in theaters anymore. But, like, so that was, the, that was to me, that was the biggest, uh, the biggest surprise. Followed closely, I guess, by the fact that um, I was the only one in week one to not pick Glass, which was, that was its opening weekend. And it, it turned out to work out for me, even though I saw Glass on opening weekend. Um, I don't know. That, what was, is... that was a very difficult choice because Glass... So they broke Glass up into two different shines. Huh. <laughs> they, 
They broke it into a Thursday-Friday showing and a Saturday-Sunday. And the Thursday-Friday was just so astronomically expensive compared to the other choices that you could put in your lineup. And there were, I just don't know. I guess that's how Dragon Ball Z ended up being so efficient. Because by just playing that movie, it allowed you to play that Thursday-Friday glass and have the money left over for it. But, like, I don't know how you could have put together a diverse lineup with more than, like, two movies without... With like with that in your lineup, I don't get it. It was like a third of your budget mm-hmm. to put one screen with with the Friday Saturday glass. Um, I my biggest blunder probably was the Oscar nominations came out this past week, and I overreacted significantly. Um, I was like, the favorite got ten nominations. Everyone's going to see it, and then I went, first of all, I went to see it. And I put it in two on two screens, and you guys didn't put it on any screens, which was a smart decision because it did not do well. See, you had the right idea because I know um, Green Book had like a resurgence due to their Oscar right. nominations, but which like I kind of want to see Green Book now. But yeah, like the favorite was not had, the favorite. It it it, it uh, between Jan- the January eighteenth weekend and January twenty fifth weekend. It changed its percentage change in earnings was ninety nine percent, almost a hundred percent. So it basically doubled its earnings. So That's like, crazy. yeah, that one it had a huge surge. The favorite, on the other hand, it did go up, but not that much. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm missing about this yet. It's going to be a long process of trying to figure out how to destroy you guys. Um, Just play the dog movie, man. That's what I did. Nerd Bomber has been riding this dog movie. I mean, yeah, the week that you won, you put it on four screens, and you crushed us. You absolutely crushed us. So clearly you're doing something right. You have the right idea. I don't want to give um, up my tricks, but there was, the definitely, is, there was definitely some like statistical analysis that went into play. It seems the key is to not diversify your portfolio. So for me... And this might make me sound like a huge nerd, but I actually put in probably like three solid hours of research looking at all of the different movie pundits and what they were saying. And then I had to like figure out an average and then like figure out the ratios between the price and what it might pull in. And it it was a... Now I'll say right now that I don't have that kind of time. (laughs) I had a few lunch breaks where I was like totally bored and it turned into this big massive spreadsheet. (laughs) So you have, I was about to ask, do you have an Excel spreadsheet for this? I did for I last week's lineup. I feel like it's it's not so much like an automated populated thing, but I had to aggregate a lot of data. So, yes. That's, that's some impressive dedication. I mean, I know Technic One has a lot of, ner- uh, a lot of uh, Excel tricks that he could pull out of his sleeve and use here. Um, so, Trust yeah. Me, I, mean, I didn't use point, it in fantasy. I'm not going to use it in this. I mean, I'm I'm just saying at this point, I'm a little scared. I do have my lineup set for, for week three. Um, I My confidence is very shaken. I did Dragon um, Ball Z for them all. <laughs> he's just stacking it up with Dragon Ball. I mean, I, I don't know what to expect at this point. But I, I also will say that we're, we're waiting for you, fans. Fans of the show, listeners of the show... Right now, the the Online Warriors Podcast League is still just the three of us. Yeah, so if you guys uh, want to play, 
you can actually go on Fantasy Movie League's website. I think it's just fantasymovieleague.com. Um, and give a search for the Online Warriors Podcast League. And in that league, it'll ask you for a password. And the password is um, podcast. All lowercase letters, just podcast. Keeping it very simple. The only reason we had a password is because it made me set a password. So if you want to go join us, just look for the Online Warriors Podcast League with password podcast. And I need your help because I don't think I can beat Nerd Bomber. I don't think I have the skills and tools for it, but I would like for someone to beat her. I guess this is this is kind of a, a call to action for both the listeners and Tactic One. I can't do it. Tactic One, you got to at least try. Tactic, um, any last words? I got nothing. Dragon Ball Z for the win. For the win. All right, we'll uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you again for listening. Uh, as always, this has been the Online Warriors podcast, and we'll talk at you again in a couple of weeks. Stay warm, people. <laughs>